From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, atmospheric science graduate and skywarn storm spotter Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn storm spotter and chaser Phil Johnson. Hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. Uh, this is the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Hey, if you are a first-time listener, hey, we always enjoy and, and love the fact that you're checking us out. Um, but we want to make sure you stop by stormfrontfreaks.com and access our library of previous shows, of all the previous uh, timeless shows we've done in the past, with famous guests from the weather industry like National Weather Service MIC John Gordon, and American Ninja Weatherman Warrior uh, Joe Morofsky are just a couple of ones we've had. But this tonight, this is uh, episode 71 that we're recording, and we're with a couple of the designers. And did I say that right? A couple of the d- 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 designers. <laughs> You've been drinking already. Uh, I have. I'm drinking <laughs> some cough syrup tonight. Uh, but these are uh, designers of an upcoming Storm Chase video game called Outbreak. Uh, we've got head of development Mark Remillard and marketing specialist Bobby Nichols with us tonight. So we're going to look forward to chatting with them. Uh, they'll also be playing our lightning round game show, as well as joining us for some WX resources and tonight we got another visit from the Weather Trollbot 5000. Ooh, so Kim, you can't oh, leave man. too early. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that, I guess uh, five but, after ten is fine. Okay. Plus, we're excited to include our new segments from Tornado Talk with Jen Naramore and Tracker Chat with the Tornado Tracker. So we got a big show coming up. Uh, but before we get to all that, let's go ahead and introduce our team. It's always happy hour every time we record. And so let's find out what everybody's drinking. MJ, what are you drinking tonight? All right, good night. I brought the captain, or hello, good evening. I brought the captain back. We got the captain and Coke tonight. Captain right. and Coke. Steady, steady, Eddie. Maz, yeah. uh, Maz, what do you got? Okay, so this is not a cold 45. It looks like it <laughs> probably is. <laughs> Bottle but, that yourself. No, actually, it's a buddy of mine who made it, and it is a Sierra Nirvana Pale Ale. It's good. Sierra wow, Nirvana? Good. See, yeah, so now you get it. It's, it's yeah. a takeoff of it. I think the guy who has his own shop tastes has a really good palate and he's like, and I'll change one word and it's pretty close. <laughs> so it's good. Yeah. good wow. stuff. Impressive. Nice. That's good. All right, Kim. What I saw you saw Metallica recently. What were you drinking there? Oh my gosh. I had two, um, two IPAs. It was called battleship. You ever heard of this IPA before battleship? No. Um, it was very, very hoppy, of course. Very good. Um, yeah, that's all I had, just two beers that night. Okay. So, Were they this size? That helped. Yeah, but you know what? During a, <laughs> during a Metallica show, you don't want to get up and leave to go get a drink. You just don't want to. So I had my all two All right, what are you before. drinking tonight? All right, tonight I've got wine. Wine. Okay. Um, this is um, uh, Radius. Let me show you the bottle if you can see it. Radius. Okay. There we go. Well, the bottom okay, it's a Cabernet. Yeah. It's a Cabernet, and it's um, pretty popular. But I mean, it's if you're on a budget, this is definitely the Cabernet mm-hmm. for you. The next good. week right. diameter, right? That's, yeah, that's it. right. Circumference. <laughs> uh, let, let's let's go to our guests. Uh, we always have our our uh, digital green room is always open, but it basically means BYOB. Uh, and Mark, t- tell us what you're drinking and why you're drinking that. <laughs> I'm drinking a Vietnamese coffee. 
because I'm actually uh, still in Vietnam. I'm in the airport right now, and I'm going back home to Canada in a couple of hours, basically. So it's in the mo it's it's uh, nine in the morning right now. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm drinking coffee. Okay. But last night I had a great IPA from here. Oh, oh yeah! Okay. Oh, Vietnamese you like IPA, IPA too? Yay. Yeah, that's good. All right, and then Bobby, Bobby's in Arkansas. What are you drinking tonight, sir? Tank Ray and Tonic every time. Oh, <laughs> nice! In a coffee cup. Oh yeah, Tank Ray and Tonic in a coffee cup. We my one of my favorites is um, uh, uh, gin, uh, gin and gin and um, gin and gin. Yeah, gin and gin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, gin, oh, gin and fresca. Yeah. Gin and fresca. I haven't had that forever because you can't find fresca anymore. But oh, they uh, still exist. Still exist. Uh, I don't. That's I haven't had it for a while, so that's probably why. Kim, enough yeah. talking about uh, yeah. our drinking habits. I'm going to turn it over to you. Give uh, give these guys a great introduction. All right, let's do this. All right, Outbreak is a multiplayer storm chasing video game designed to emulate all of the fun of storm chasing but with none of the boring bits, and there can be, that's for sure. Driven by real data from historical server weather events, this game allows you to get the full experience of chasing each time that you play while adding a fun, competitive component. Now, Mark Remillard from Montreal is head of development for Outbreak and has been storm chasing for a little more than 13 years now, mainly in Tornado Alley, but also catching some twisters in Canada. Now, being a sound designer, mixer, and composer, he started learning about game engines using his basic knowledge in programming as a starting point. And Bobby Nichols is gameplay and marketing director for Outbreak with a main focus on driving gameplay decisions and ideas. Bobby lives in Northwest Arkansas and is CIO of a local software startup as well as a part-time chaser. Well, this is really exciting. I know a lot of um, I know a lot of chasers and a lot of weather enthusiasts are probably um, pretty excited to hear about this upcoming video game. So we'd like to hear a little bit about it, of course, but also how you two got together to come up with this idea. Who wants to go first? I can go first. That's all okay. right. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I started like alone, basically, with my chase partner who helped me with... Uh, getting weather model data because we use weather model data to drive the weather system in the game so my friend is really good with programming such things so he helped me getting this data and then i hired someone to uh, help uh, having the engine uh, reproduce the weather in 3d um, and then that's when i met uh, bobby he i think he just you just found me somewhere on Reddit, or you just showed up on your doorstep, stalker. Stalker. Yeah, he was drinking. <laughs> he was drinking gin and gin. And <laughs> <laughs> I told him, like, come into come in my team, and I'm going to give you some tonic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a okay. team player. <laughs> okay, I got a question for you. So, how do you do this? Is are there a lot of variables? So things change. Do you have like a mini numerical model going on in there? How do how does that how do you do this? Well, if if any one of you is familiar with the WRF model, mm -hmm. uh, basically, like you, you can have so many like small and detailed products out of this. So you can have cloud fraction, which means like you can know at 
at a certain level in the atmosphere and at a given like coordinate like how uh, how thick is the is the cloud fragment there so like with all this data combined together you can actually have a 3d shape of a cloud that's simulated by the weather model it's just that we don't see this in in our daily like forecasting tools because it would be like huge like too huge for any like internet or computer to actually like display this on time but right. when you when you have access to that model and you want to use it for bigger things uh then you can you can use this so that that's what i that's what i did i even did have say, like presentations and clouds and yeah did you say use it for weird things no, for bigger things. Oh, bigger things. Hey, I'm That's loving perfect. your accent, man. Just say grande. No, I, don't, I don't do weird things with, with me. <laughs> not really. Not those kind of models anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's yeah. good stuff right there. So, Mark, are, are you using, so is the video game going to be based, uh, or the storms in the video game going to be based on actual storms then that were in previous uh, model runs or or... Yeah, or are you still creating it? It's important to say in previous model runs rather than in previous like reality, because it's still the output of a weather model. So sometimes you know it, it doesn't happen as the model <laughs> saw yeah. it coming. So what I can do though is modify the uh, the output of the model to fit reality better. So let's say like I want to simulate like a famous storm like El Reno or something, then I will have to go and modify some stuff. But I can do it. But usually like what I do is just simulate it and then my whole system is gonna recreate the storms in 3D and all the lightning and uh, mesocyclone, everything that's going on under this storm will happen by itself. Now are there times there will not be a happy ending? Uh, you mean like blue sky bust yes okay. <laughs> that happens i mean it happens all the time well not anymore but it used to back in the day when you didn't have cell phones but, um, yeah well yeah. that would be possible we're just debating if it's a good thing to have such games like such uh chase days in the game because that would be probably boring and as you as you mentioned in in the beginning what we're looking for is the fun part of chasing and yeah. Not the boring part. So, so Bobby, so Bobby, can you tell me a, a little bit about how how is the game going to be a true example of chasing, and and what parts of the true experience are you taking out besides yeah. maybe blue sky bus? Yeah. So, uh, well, speaking to the blue sky bus, uh, one of the things that you have to do when you first go into the game, into a server or match, whatever you want to call it, um, uh, the first thing you have to do is look at the models and kind of pick your target area so you pit, you can spawn at like i think gas stations i can't remember where else but there's a few different areas you can spawn and uh in the game world and you choose wherever is closest to where you think the target area is going to be um that's a part that we take give out. a quick definition of spawn for some of our uh, um, listeners that don't understand the gaming knowledge and, and verbiage you uh you load into the game and you just you're uh um it's, it's like in a doorway person. right yeah and you just you just you start the, when the game actually launches the rest of the way you're standing there staring at your car basically um and uh and what we took out is the 
extremely long drive that it usually takes to get from your base to your target area. So, um, but in the in the idea of clear, you know, clear sky bus and stuff like that, um, you if you don't pick a good target area, there's a good chance you won't get on the right storm, and you're going to be spending the whole time just chasing after all the other chasers that are in the lobby. Yeah. Mm. Are you standing next to your uh, your car that has hail damage, or uh, what do we? <laughs> it can take. It can. It can get get pretty damaged. Uh, we've, okay. We've had a few. Uh, we've had a few fun incidents with the uh, hail damage. Yeah. Car. <laughs> we've had funny bugs as well, like um, hail damage to the point that the car explodes and I die and everything like that. So it's it's fun oh, moments, but it's going to be fixed. Yeah. Armageddon size hail. <laughs> do you, you get rewarded like certain types of equipment if you do something right? Is it kind of like Minecraft in that way where, you know, you try to get to a certain goal or something and you get maybe, um, I don't know, a better satellite dish or so. You know what I mean? Things like that. Yeah. Is that part of the game? Yeah. So um, so to keep the multiplayer and the, the game side of it, because not everybody's a chaser and not everybody's going to be great at forecasting and picking their target areas, things like that. Um, uh, to keep that game element in it, you there are different ways you can earn points through uh, uh, making reports, uh, tornado reports, hail reports, wall clouds, all you know what you would normally do, as long as you're actually looking at the feature that you're reporting, um, as well as uh, you can. Um, there's a we have a probe system in place that allows you to place it down to try and. Uh, um, you know, try and get it in the path as a good intercept and um, you have to try and retrieve it afterwards. So you want to stay safe enough to be able to get it, but you want to stay close enough because anybody else will know that you placed it and will try to go take it for themselves. Mm. So, so how you how you getting points? Like, what are some of the things you do besides the probe? Uh, the probe, uh, the reports. Right now, that's kind of where we're sitting at. I don't remember okay. if there's any other ones that we've added yet. Um, uh, and then the points themselves are used. You know, when you finish a game, say that the event is over, the event of the day or the outbreak or the storm, um, uh, and the game ends, uh, and you have leaderboards, wherever you rank will earn you points that you can spend on upgrades for your next vehicle and and mm. stuff like that. Like hail shields is one of the ones we've been we've been working on. Nice. And, like and we want to add some detailed stuff. Like if if you if you place a hail shield on your truck, uh, you're going to spend more gas. When you're when you're driving because it's heavier, so right. we're gonna add some details oh, like that. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I, I want to find out what, what kind of uh, gameplay you're gonna have that's gonna keep people coming back when they keep seeing a digital tornado again and again, and you're taking out the long drives on the lonely roads. Um, you know, if you've seen it once or twice on your computer screen, what's gonna bring you back? I, I want to find out about that. We're gonna first take a quick break. Uh, go ahead and refill your drink and uh, check out the new tracker chat with the tornado trackers discussing chase day morning. We'll be right back with Mark and Bobby. Welcome back to tracker chat with the tornado trackers. I'm your host, Jeremy Heyman. I am joined by my chasing partners, Gabe Cox and Jeff Mangum. We're going to be talking about, uh, in particular, chase day morning. I would love to just be able to pick y'all's brains on what is the morning of chase day like for each of you guys. What are some of the things you guys are looking at forecasting wise? What are you double and triple checking is in the vehicle? 
Um, what kind of things are you guys looking at? I'll start with you, Jeff. Yeah, I, I think there's a few things and they probably cover a, a few different elements of chasing on the day of. Um, one of the things that I've learned and, and we've learned as a team is double check and, and triple check um, your cameras and your cards. Um, one of the, the things that stands out to me that still just kills me is when we were chasing uh, the Winniewood um, EF4, uh, we had multiple cameras going on, but the two that I think we, we really wanted uh, to have running were our dash cam and our GoPro and uh, our dash cam, we thought we had turned on, but it was on pause the entire time until the very, very end. And uh, and then our, our GoPro, I think the disc was full. So luckily we had other cameras going on, but um, I remember thinking at the end of that day, never again will there be a morning where we don't uh, repeatedly check that everything is ready to go. And, and that way you don't have to feel any anxiety or stress when the storms start to take off. Um, you can just concentrate on chasing and not be uh, running through all your camera gear to make sure uh, frantically that everything's okay. So that's honestly, for me, that's probably one of the primary things. Great. Yeah. So the focus on that gear and uh, getting cards and batteries, and we still definitely feel the pain of not having a couple of those cameras on Winniewood, but you kind it of... It makes for a nice quiet ride home, though. Yes, <laughs> it does. <I'm> <laughs> Everyone's stewing in their regret. Well, thanks for that, Jeff. Gabe, what about you? What are some of the things that are kind of going on in your mind uh, in the 24 hours leading up to Chase Morning and then Chase Morning itself? So the night before, I like to have a, a good lock on where my target's going to be as, as good as I can get the night before. Um, that way I can wake up the next morning within several hours of my target. Because as we all know, we've all experienced this, it is a sickening feeling trying to catch up to an event that's unfolding because you started too far away. So the night before, I am checking uh, the NAM. Uh, the NAM 3K, and um, if it's within a uh, close enough range, the HER, and driving several hours um, in order to wake up uh, in a in a great position. Um, <clears throat> and then the morning of is a lot of second-guessing yourself and triple-checking your forecast um, against the Storm Prediction Center. We love the Storm Prediction Center, and we definitely use their uh, tornado outlines um, but that is not our gospel truth um, several occasions where we have been outside of the higher risk zone based on how forecasts are evolving um, and then the drive there you know we don't just check out when we're driving to our target it's it's constant updates um, every hour a new her is uh, rolled out and we're checking it to see what the trends are going to be um, and then, of course, the day of, you need all of your surface observations to see uh, what is actually happening with the weather uh, and not what is forecast to happen. Um, it's important to know what is currently happening when you wake up because that is going to dictate whether or not you believe what the forecast models are saying. Because a lot of times they'll show stuff that's not even actually happening. And that's when you know, you, basically, you can throw it out at that point because it's got a bad handle on the day. Yeah, I think that's something great to note that uh, information isn't always good. There can be something something wrong, kind of like a fly in the ointment. Some of the things I look at um, 
on chase morning i'm pretty uh pretty amateur in in my chase morning routine i'll often defer to uh, a member of my chasing team so i I highly recommend chasing with some trusted friends but i'll start looking at roads and uh kind of road availability um highway systems um am i headed towards something that has a great grid network uh or am i heading to a place that has some geography uh getting in the way that kind of splits up the road system so those are the things i'm thinking about because i um maybe it's kind of post-traumatic stress of (laughs) getting caught in bad (laughs) in bad road areas in the past but uh it's kind of a live and learn strategy that that i've definitely adopted myself Uh, Well, this has been Tracker Chat. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, My name is Jeremy Heyman, and I've been joined by my chasing partners, Gabe Cox and Jeff Mangum. We are the Tornado Trackers, and you can find us everywhere on social media uh, at Tornado Trackers, and our website is tornadotrackers.org. Thank you again for joining us on Tracker Chat, and we will see you next time. FelicityDesigns.com is the leader in weather-themed clothing and accessories for the Stormfront Freak and you. Besides a creative line of weather-themed t-shirts, footwear, bags, and more, they also carry an exclusive line of Stormfront Freak's podcast gear and drinkware. Get a 5% discount on your entire order when you use the code SFF for Stormfront Freaks at checkout. That code again is SFF. Find it all at FelicityDesigns.com. Okay, welcome back. So we're here with uh, Mark and Bobby uh, from Outbreak. And so my question to you guys is this. So I've seen a couple of, of the videos of, of some of the work you guys have been doing. Looks looks awesome. I mean, it's obviously very exciting. But but here's my question. If, if you're taking out the part of chasing, which is those long drives on the lonely roads, you know, in, in the central plains, um, which, yes, is boring, but takes up time, if, if the game is going to be something where I get on and I'm finding a tornado or have the ability to find a tornado almost right away and I see a digital tornado, I, I guess how many times can I see that where I'm just like, yeah, this game really isn't fun anymore because tornadoes pop up right away. I can find them right away. And mm-hmm. they kind of look, it's a digital tornado. What What's going to keep me coming back? Yeah, so, I think, uh, Bobby, you want to go first? Yeah, yeah. So I was okay. just going to say, um, uh, first of all, the immersion in the game is insane. Uh, when you're there, you really feel like you're there. Uh, the driving, the the taking out the long drives is just is just at the beginning. I mean, you still have to drive to you know actually chase. And we're looking at chases. Um, we've looked at some sped up chases that we could we could set up a game to only last 30 minutes. Um, we're also looking at two, three hour chases. So it's, wow. it's, it's, it's true to life on the generation of the storm. You watch the tornado Genesis, um, all the features, you know, showing up and stuff like that. Um, on top of that, you're competing against however many people we can fit in the server, whether it's 60, a hundred, I don't know. Um, uh, you're competing against them to get the best shots because you can snap pictures and stuff like that. Um, and on top of all of that, the storm's different every time. I mean, it's the it, the what will drive you for it, what will drive you to get out there is the same thing that drives you to get out on the planes now, if that makes sense. 
So is there's you're using different scenarios like El Reno. Is there a a, a, a Sharknado scenario? <laughs> you always have the serious Mark, question. Mark, you, you, you <laughs> we, we haven't planned on any Sharknado scenario. I'm just saying. <laughs> but if <laughs> but if I if I may uh, add some things, uh, when you said like you you appear in the game and then tornado starts forming, well, it's not exactly like like that. So uh, as Bobby said, you have to choose your target. So if 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 you if you spawn in a location that's not gonna that is not where like uh, the storms will happen, then you're just just gonna have to drive like really fast and try to you know get there before it ends. But even if if you're like in a good position, uh, you have to pick your storm because when you spawn, there's no like big supercell already. Well, there will be sometimes, but most of the time it's gonna be like you know the TCU field, and then it's it's gonna like get bigger really quickly because we want the games to start at initiate initiation time so like yeah. it's when the storms fires up so when when you get in the game that's that's what you see you see a, a bunch of storms forming and then you have to pick like the right one and you you have access to weather data to see that so you can see like oh there's more moisture there there's there's this outflow boundary sitting there so maybe i'm going to pick that storm and then the whole like strategic point comes in and I think that's what's going to make a big difference in not just seeing a 3D tornado and taking pictures or whatever because you're going to have to think and actually make your own forecast and just go for it and and then there's the competitive side with uh, the probes and things like that. Are there a bunch of different places you can spawn? I mean are you like you end up like oh crap I'm in Maine you know like oh this is not good. <laughs> yeah like the, the map is being design right now so it's going to be like a condensed version of we, we we picked some of the most important things well from my chasing experience so like north is going to be like the north plains um west is going to be like the northwest will be like colorado and then yeah. southwest will be more like uh, new mexico and then the south of the map will be like texas with a you know like the gulf of mexico edge and and all the east of the map will be what we call jungle, so that's gonna add that's gonna add to uh, my neck of the woods right there. Yeah, yeah. Bobby, yeah. Bobby's in the jungle. Uh -huh. uh. So what 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 kind of forecasting skills is someone gonna have to have, and what resources forecasting resources will be provided in the game? So what we plan on doing is there will be like easier ones, and there will be like harder ones. So. Like the easier ones, you can relate pretty much on the in-game SPC because there will be outlooks. There will be like official forecasts in-game, uh, and then you will have access to like everything that's useful in doing a forecast for a chase, like in the morning. So you'll have like surface data. You'll have like uh, where's the jet at different levels, and you'll be able to make your own forecast and. Like the harder ones, for example, will be like, and the SPC gives like a, a risk at some place, but you know that there's a high risk for a cap bust. Whereas there is an outflow boundary sitting south in an okay environment, then you just go there because sometimes magic happens in outflow boundaries. So, mm -hmm. you know, the, that there's going to be like harder days like that where everyone's going to rush to the SPC 
forecasted zone and then it's going to happen like south of there yeah so plus you're going to get tons of ideas i could see this thing really kicking into high gear and then you come out with like outbreak two you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and and to speak to that, uh, uh, one of the things we've stressed a lot in our in our uh, in our Discord server um, is that is that there's there's no end game yet. Like, there's no uh, this is where we say the outbreak is good and done. Uh, it will always constantly be improved upon. So we're you know that's that's we've already got a massive backlog of everything we want to add after the initial release, and you know it'll just continue on like that. Mm. Is there any way to incorporate like real time data, like? You know, they're forecasting two days from now, severe weather outbreak, that somehow you can get involved with something that's more cur- happening at the time. Is that even possible? It's, it's like in, in the fantasy uh, 3.0 version that's in my mind. Yeah. So, like, at some point, if we have the resources to do that, it would be possible because mm-hmm. uh, for that to happen, we would need, a, like, a supercomputer at home, yeah. like, sitting there and plugged into a server and that would analyze the data for us and just like uh, throw it in time for 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 it to be playable before the event actually happens so yeah that would that would require a lot of resources but that would be possible you know, you know if, if you want to you want to a lot it'd keep a lot of the chasers off the road cuz they'd want to play it on the game That's right. so <laughs> have a little more space to drive yeah there's you know even- what? I, I, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna <laughs> make time. To make sure like that happens because I don't like chasing when there's too many people on the road. So I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah, put all some more money in the game. <laughs> hey guys, if you want to borrow my Cray computer, it's over here. You just- <laughs> Your Commodore 64. Yeah. <laughs> right. So Bobby, Bobby, what platforms are you are you wanting to develop this for? Uh, initially, it's going to be a Steam release on PC, so that's a, that's just a given. It's probably the easiest platform to release on. Um, we've tossed out using the Epic Launcher and a few other ones, but I think Steam is the way we want to go. Um, we have talked about uh, building it for consoles, um, uh, Xbox and PlayStation. I think I think that's in a later version after the initial release, but it's definitely something we want to try and do. Um, I don't think we have any plans to do mobile at this time because the amount the the amount that is running on this game, mobile phones still wouldn't be able to run it right now. Yeah, it's too big. Everything okay. is big, like clouds and everything. Like most games don't have such big 3D objects going in the game. <laughs> yeah. Right. And what, what makes cool. you think the gen... Because I think this is the challenge. Um, I mean, really, you haven't seen Storm Chasing video games right. uh, produced yet, right? I mean, we we've... Uh, we've talked uh, with another uh, company as well that that's been had had one here and, and is working yeah. on one, but nothing's come out, which, which leads me to believe, for the most part, is it enough? Is there enough general public support for something like that to even make sense putting money into producing a video game like this? I, I mean, obviously, there's a bunch of weather weather freaks like us that would love it, but mm-hmm. but are there enough of us in the general public that would want it? I think that's why we're adding a competitive side to the game and something more like, how can I say that? Something more like game design, game design wise, it's more like the fun part of it, like traditional gaming. Uh, Instead of just being a storm chasing simulator, we add a video game standard fun thing to it. And, and um, yeah, yeah, go I just ahead. wanted to wanted to throw out to um, 
uh, it, it's kind of sort of like the battle royale scene. Um, in fact, when we when we're when we're going through it, you kind of feel it. Each time you play is a story. It's a, it's a you know, it's it, it's something new happens. And you know, you were asking the question earlier of uh, what about non chasers? You know, people who don't who don't necessarily know how to forecast, and they just have to look at the outlooks and hope for the best. Um, uh, we we're we're constantly trying to think of ways to add in. Um, attraction for that that side of the gaming community. Um, uh, one of the things that we we plan on doing is adding in a, a partner element, um, sort of like squads or duos, but it's it, where you can drive with a partner and your partner has to do all the navigating while you're doing all the driving and you know stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Um, so that people can get more of the community feel. Plus, we want a big community around it to help out the younger people who don't know how to do the forecasting and stuff. Did you guys ever think about making this kind of an educational game as well? You know, like I could see, you know, my dynamic class um, in college, you know, or something where it'd be kind of fun to do to have as a class um, do this. To You could learn a lot from doing this, I would think. And maybe I don't know if you thought about an educational side of it and maybe even tutorials on um, chasing or certain things you look for, that kind of stuff. Field trip. Yeah, and I think I think I mean with any good game you see out there, you know, they usually have really good tutorials in the beginning to just kind of walk you through the base level, um, and everything after that is stuff you have to learn from just playing and practicing. Yeah. Uh, and learn from the pros and stuff like that. Um, we do have a lot of people who want to see. Um, uh, you know, customizations and things like that. Um, cosmetic things seem to be a big hit right now. Um, uh, so a lot of people want to be able to customize their cars and stuff like that. Um, uh, cool. So, so there, there, there's like other elements that we're trying to add in to get get that okay. traction going. Well. I just don't want to have to revisit my calculus class. Okay, <laughs> I didn't say calculus. Yeah, yeah. I did I'd, not I'd say rather, calculus. I'd rather kill sharks in shark. <laughs> so, um, so Mark, can well, let me go to Bobby first on this. So, Bobby, you talked a little bit about customizing your vehicles. I know you've got a couple. You guys both uh, have some announcements you want to share with your followers and and with our listeners and viewers. I believe one of them has to do with being able to customize your vehicles. And I think that's exciting for people, right? That I can, yeah. I earn points, I earn money and I can buy new things to add to my chase vehicle. What, what are some of the uh, announcements you guys want to make on that? Do you have a drum roll sound that you can? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I, I've got, we'll clap. <laughs> Our studio audience isn't the brightest uh, studio audience, so we, we kind of. Wow. A couple things. It's a, it's a merger with Forza, isn't it? You guys got to drive fast. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I actually want to turn this one to Mark because he kind of drove the. He got it. Okay. Got this going. So, Mark, you take that. All right. So. Uh, we just uh, we got contacted by someone that we really like and admire, and he told us you should use our vehicle in your video game, and that's uh, Sean Shoper. So that means that in Outbreak, we're going to officially use uh, the Dominator as the, the, the tornado tank vehicle. So that's one. Fun. And then nice. that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's pretty sweet. <laughs> it's perfect. That definitely deserves another applause from our yeah. studio audience. <laughs> it's it's already being modeled right now, so I got like hundreds of pictures of, of the vehicle and we just had like a modeler uh doing like a very exact replica of it. And uh yeah, what else? 
any other from the vehicle have... side of things or go ahead i'm keep sorry going. what keep going keep going <laughs> i just All right, I, so... I didn't know if you had any other uh, vehicle like what other kind of vehicles there would be or um is 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 that like is that the ultimate obtain the the tank vehicle which is going to be the dominator yeah, that would be like the 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 ultimate one. Okay. Yeah. I think we're, we're looking at it as a like one time use sort of thing. It takes a lot to earn it, but when you can earn it, you can use it. And it's and one of those. It's blast. one of those things. Yeah, when you're out chasing on your video game and you see it, you're like, I'm screwed. This dude's been playing for 800 <laughs> hours and earned the Dominator, and I'm still driving in my Toyota Camry. <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be like really hard to earn vehicle, and oh, we're also going to have the Predator. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly because my English sucks a little bit. Predator, yeah. Yeah, Predator, and uh, it's it's from a member of the same team, so it's like an armored jeep vehicle. Oh, okay. It's pretty right. cool. And finally, we're having their probe, which is the Taz one. It's it's their latest uh, probe system that they use uh, in the field, and then just because video games are like meant to use this kind of object, we're going to have their uh, uh, probe rocket launcher so that you can, oh, you can like, throw yeah. probes <laughs> at storms. It's going to fly towards the, the tornado and you can hope that. And, you know, that kind of object is going to be like really rare and single use. So like, you let's say like you have a very nice interception, you get a lot of points, uh, you get probe data, uh, you, you do nice reports, so at the end of the day, you, you get a lot of points, and then you just buy this rocket launcher thing that you can use only one time, and you got to use it wisely. Is that, so a then, R, is that an RPP instead of an RPG? <laughs> rocket propelled probe? <laughs> no, you know, here, here's, here's what I'm going to use it as when, when I earn that rocket propelled probe. Uh, and I see someone who's been playing for 800 hours drive by in the Dominator. I'm going to say, screw the tornado. I'm going to eye the, eye the dude that's, that's going to hit the tornado, and I'm not going to get it anyway. I may as well use my, my yeah. rocket launcher on something. Yeah, we, we absolutely expect stuff like that to happen, and we're, we're kind of excited <laughs> for the, you know, the streaming community to get a hold of it. And Can you crash it with other cars? I mean, oh, yeah, possibilities for that too. Oh yeah. boy! Okay. So the uh, the uh, um, there is a health system. There's a health for yourself because if you're caught out and then you know, like I don't know what baseball size hail, you probably yeah. don't be out there for very long. So if you can be hit by it, uh, you can be struck by lightning. You can uh, um, and your car itself can take damage. Not only physical damage that or visible damage like the windshield breaking um, and things like that. Uh, but also you you know you have a certain amount of health for the for the vehicle before it's no longer drivable um and so far right now when it's no longer drivable it just explodes and you die but <laughs> yeah, you, you guys will like it I've, I've seen some of the example gameplay and when you start getting hit by hail your view starts getting bloody around the outer edges yeah, well i mean right. you took a hailstone to the noggin i feel like so, so Bobby, tell me, is, is there a goal, is there a goal for at least getting some kind of beta version out or something out, um, to at least test it? Is there a date for anything like that? Sure. Yeah. So, um, uh, we are currently working on, uh, we've been talking about this for a while. We're trying to work on a Kickstarter campaign to fund all of the, uh, the bigger pieces, um, uh, such as like the the rendering like the shading engine and stuff like that um we we you know it's 
there's there's a lot of stuff that that can go that the money will go back into. So um, we've been talking about doing it for a long time, uh, but officially we have decided that we are going to uh, launch the Kickstarter in June this year, um, cool. and that is that's going to be uh, your fir- everybody's first chance to uh, uh, you know make pledges, all of that stuff, but but ultimately to sign up for free copies and or discounted copies, different types of things. Um, as well as other rewards, but uh, uh, everybody who joins—I uh, don't remember what level we were what level we were setting it at—but um, uh, we're going to offer pretty much all the funders or the backers uh, uh, the ability to get into the pre-alpha, um, and which you know, which will be—I don't know—I don't know—we don't have a date for that one just yet. <laughs> okay. okay, so so reach out to State Farm, and when you need to upgrade your vehicle from a crash site, have the khaki red pant guy show up. And uh, maybe we can get burritos in here. (laughs) So, all right. So, tell tell me a little bit, Mark. How how can uh, how can our listeners and viewers find uh, more information about this and see some of these videos that we've been talking about? um, Direct people to where they can go. Uh, Best way right now is to join our Discord server. Uh, you probably all know what Discord is. It's a some kind of chat software and website, and you have different servers. So we have our own servers with channels, and we announce everything there. We show some exclusive material and screenshots and videos and funny stuff. And then you have our Twitch channel, uh, which is uh, Outbreak Game, called in one word. Uh, you're probably gonna link it. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll put we'll put uh, the links in the show notes. But yeah, we have if you, also uh, if you can all send our that social media yeah. and Bobby. I don't know if you have anything else. Yeah, so I don't I don't know if you mentioned we have yeah we have Facebook uh, facebook.com slash outbreak game um, and and in case you guys aren't aware, outbreak is spelled O U T B R K. There's no E A in the uh, in in this game at all. And that okay. means two things. So, <laughs> no, no like kind of All right, I got you. <laughs> so, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we are on Facebook. We also are on Twitter. We um, pretty much po- cross post to all of them. Um, I think we are even on Instagram. Yeah. So, uh, uh, any one of those will usually get you all the announcements about our streams. Um, sometimes Mark likes to do random gaming streams with uh, just ran- little games with his, with the followers and stuff like that. Um, uh, other times we do full-on official uh, development streams where we show off the latest progress. We show how you know how things go. But yeah, yeah Discord is active. It's a really, it's a really important thing that we like doing streams, like official streams, where we show the latest uh, improvements to the game. I think it's really important to let people see the development process. Since we're a small team, since we're like looking for uh, funding with the Kickstarter project thing, so. Uh, when you're doing this, I think it's really important that people trust you and see what you're actually doing and yeah. see that you're hardworking and just improving stuff. So that's what we're doing like every day. Very good. Awesome. Well, hey, that's uh, that's the sound. It is time for our lightning round, All gentlemen. Right. So this is our uh, this is our game show of flashy questions for our guests. We always invite everybody that's watching or listening to uh, play along as well. But tonight. We're going to play a little video game cash cab. So video game cash cab. So if you're familiar with cash cab, uh, it's a video game. You actually, you get in a cab. You just think it's a cab that's going to take you somewhere. 
Uh, but by the time you get in the cab, they tell you, hey, it's a game show, and they're going to take you to where you're going. And on your way there, they're going to ask you questions that you can earn money on. But if you answer any of the questions, uh, I think you get three wrong. If you answer any three wrong, uh, they let you off wherever they happen to be at that point, uh, and the game's <laughs> over, and you don't get any money. Uh, it's so like that, Psycho that's, Uber. That's basically what we're going to do. So the first four questions are worth $25. Uh, the next four questions are worth $50. The last question is $100. And if you make it all the way uh, without getting three wrong, uh, you'll get a final bonus question where you can double all the fake money that we're not going to give you. Oh, good. Uh, or nothing. It's, it's an all or nothing. Uh, it's like, we don't have a budget. Better yeah, be fake so, money. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. So you guys are playing together. Okay, and you have two lifelines. You have uh, Ask the Freaks. So if you're not sure, you can ask the Freaks, and they, they'll, they'll give you their best answer. And, I, and we also have another one called Check the Internet. So I'm going to give you a second to quick get on your phone or your computer. You can check the Internet, see if you can find the answer. Otherwise, no cheating. Okay, no cheating. Okay. So here we go, gentlemen. Question number one for $25. What was Mario's original name? These are video game questions. What was Mario's original name? <laughs> Hey. Ooh, that's a good one. Mario? Uh, uh, wow, you don't know Mario? Like uh, what was his name in Donkey Kong? Because that's where he was found first. He had another name? You can use a lifeline if you'd like, <laughs> or guess and get wrong, I guess. I don't know. Oh, man, I'd hate to use a lifeline so early, but I feel like we have to ask. All right, so what do you want to do? Check the internet or ask the freaks? Ask, ask the freaks. Let's really? ask the freaks. All right. Well, you guys are sure? a bunch, a of, old, bunch of old people. That's <laughs> All right. So, Kim, uh, Maz, MJ, you guys have any idea what Mario's original name was? And I'm giving the hint in Donkey Kong. And that helps? Yeah. <laughs> um, donkey. All right. So, so guys, they're not helping you out at all. Sorry, um, Tony. Was it like Tony, Luigi, and take Mario? A guess. Take guys. a guess. Oh, Luigi, maybe. Or is that some? Mm -hmm. That's his all brother. Right, guys, that's his brother. Okay. Mark and Bobby, what's your guess? What do you say? Um, yeah, let's go with Tony. Tony, <laughs> that is incorrect. Oh. It's Jumpman. Jumpman. Hey. That was his name. What right. the heck? Rexton online got it right. You guys, That's that like people only... smoking in a room going, what do you call him? Jumpman. Right. I don't know. All right. Here we go. Question two, $25. What kind of Pokemon is strong against Charmander? What kind of Pokemon oh is strong against Charmander? What type? What, oh, what type? What type? What type yeah not oh. which one but what type of pokemon water 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 that would be correct yeah. it all is right. water for 25 dollars very good fire. all right, right. <sighs> question uh question three 25 dollars who is the main character in the splinter cell series who's the main character in the splinter mm. cell series oh, what's his name <laughs> you guys know dang where's a millennial when you need one isn't it snake really all right. What's your answer? I'd say Solid Snake. Yeah. That would be incorrect. It would be Sam that's Fisher. That's Metal Gear. Sam yeah. Fisher. Sam Fisher. Oh, so. I've got, I got so that's your second <clears throat> your second wrong answer. You only got oh, one yeah. more. Hey, Kim. Um, Kim, yeah. we, were, we were so close in our I thinking. I know. They, the one time they should have asked us. <laughs> the final $25 question. Uh, which of the following is not a playable character in the Super Smash Brothers series? 
Not is a playable character. Is it Ms. Pac-Man, Cloud, Captain Falcon, or Solid Snake? Which is not a playable character in Super Smash Brothers. Mark, I'm pretty sure it's Ms. Pac-Man. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. That's your answer, Ms. Pac-Man. That would be correct. <laughs> $50. Uh, yeah. Very good. All right. We're up to $50 get questions. $50 questions. Yeah, keep Freaking Kickstarter. Which of the following is not a real game? Is it Spyro Bandicoot Spinning, Jimmy Johnson's Anything with an Engine, Hotel Mario, or Banjo-Kazooie Grunty's Revenge? Oh, boy. Spyro Bandicoot Spinning, Jimmy Johnson's Anything with an Engine, Hotel Mario or Banjo Kazooie Grunty's Revenge. Mark, any ideas? <laughs> uh, you know, I want to say the Spyro game. <laughs> yeah, the only Bandicoot is Crash, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the only, yeah. It's the only Bandicoot I know. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, All right, so you yeah, say Spyro Bandicoot? Spyro Bandicoot. That would be correct. <laughs> uh, for $50, you guys are up to $100. Next question What is the Master Chief's first name? Master Chief's first name. Oh, it starts with a J. I think. I think it's John. It's either John or James. I'm pretty sure it's John. But I don't know. Do you know? <laughs> mm, not at all. Maybe so I can ask the Vietnamese. I, I, think it's, I think it's John. Say John. Yes. John is correct. John. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next question. Which console came first? GameCube, PS2, Xbox, or Dreamcast? Which of those four game consoles came first? GameCube, PS2, Xbox, or Dreamcast? I'd say Dreamcast. Dreamcast, yeah. Dreamcast it oh. is, up to $200. <laughs> All right, your final $50 it. question. Yoshi first appeared in which game? Yoshi first appeared in which game? So the first Mario game I ever played was Super Mario Brothers, which was where, which Yoshi appeared in that one. I don't know if he appeared in any before that. I have no idea, Bobby. You want to use Lifeline? You can. You can do. You can use the internet. Internet yeah, is that, still a Lifeline. That's a good one. Yeah. Let's let's yeah. use it. Let's, let's <laughs> okay, use that. So yeah. yeah, quick, yeah, I'll give you a couple seconds. Jump on the internet. Find out what was the first game that Yoshi appeared in. You need a Jeopardy theme song or something. You need a little something. We'll, we'll give a little. Oh, Google autocorrect. I, I, I have an answer. Or online, or online oh, folks. He's got an answer. Okay, what's the what, what's your answer? Made Super first... Mario World. Yep. Super Mario, Mario World. That would be wow. correct. Thank Good you. use of your lifeline. Nice job. All right, up to $250. Here is your final question before the bonus. If you get this correct, you have a chance for the bonus. So, uh, But you're out of lifeline. So how many... Uncharted games are there in the Naughty Dog series Uncharted? How many games are there? Oh, no. <laughs> Wasn't this a question from last week? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> kind of a laugh of that. I don't know. I've actually finished my cold 45. <laughs> How many oh, Uncharted games are in, the, are in the Naughty Dog series? What's your answer, guys? <sighs> I've heard of three. I don't know where I've heard of after that. It might be four just because you think it's three. <laughs> <laughs> the confidence. Good friends. Good friends. 
No, I say go for it. Yeah, let's do that. I say four. Four. Four is your answer. <laughs> that would be incorrect. Uh, there were there was an art Uncharted four, but there was a fifth game. It's called The Lost Legacy, which is standalone expansion as well. So, all right, guys. Well, I'm going to drop you off where we're at. Uh, we didn't quite we didn't quite get you from uh, uh, Vietnam to yeah to Montreal. So we're going to throw you off into the ocean. And your flight is delayed. But anyway, guys, uh, hey, thanks for playing along. That was awesome. You guys are outstanding. So, hey, we're going to take our final break. We've got our new Tornado Talk segment uh, with the story of the January 1999 tornadoes. And we'll be right back with Weather Trollbot 5000 is actually making her way uh, in. Right oh, there. Yep. There she is. She's coming. We'll be right back. For the Storm Prediction Center, 212 tornadoes occurred in January of 1999. This is the greatest number of tornadoes to occur in January since records began in 1950. Two of the twisters were rated F4 and 14 were given an F3 rating. There was a total of 18 fatalities and close to 350 injuries. 22 of the 212 tornadoes occurred on January 17th of 1999. The strongest of the day was an F4 that moved through parts of Jackson, Tennessee. This tornado formed east of Bemis and tracked to the northeast for 16 miles. It moved through the southern part of Jackson. The Hollywood Shopping Center had severe damage and a funeral home near it was demolished except for interior rooms. Over 200 homes were destroyed and 300 more had lesser damage. The building that houses school buses for the county was destroyed. 55 school buses were damaged. There were over 100 injuries and six fatalities due to this tornado. A large outbreak of tornadoes occurred from January 21st to the 22nd. The Storm Prediction Center database shows 129 tornadoes during this time. On the 21st, there was one F4 tornado. It moved through Clay County, Arkansas. Near the start of the track, two homes were destroyed on County Road 238. Several other homes were damaged and two tractor-trailer trucks were rolled over. There were no fatalities or injuries due to this tornado. Also on the 21st, eight F3 tornadoes occurred in the state of Arkansas and one in Louisiana. One of the F3s devastated parts of Little Rock. This tornado developed in eastern Saline County. There was extensive tree damage found and a mobile home was destroyed. And then the tornado strengthened as it moved to the northeast into Pulaski County. Initially in the county, there was tree damage and a business along I-30, five miles southwest of Little Rock that had roof damage. Significant damage, though, occurred as the tornado moved into the eastern section of downtown. At least 235 structures sustained heavy damage or were destroyed. This included homes in the historic district that were built at the turn of the century, and the governor's mansion was damaged. This tornado dissipated near the Sherwood area. There were three fatalities. Another devastating F3 traveled 8 miles and 11 minutes through parts of White County, Arkansas. It developed one mile southwest of Beebe and moved to the northeast through town, causing tremendous damage. The new junior high school on Center Street had significant damage, and the gym behind the school was destroyed. Damage occurred to the fire department and to a church. Two pickup trucks were flipped upside down on Hickory Street, and many old houses on Main Street were damaged or destroyed. After hearing of the approaching severe weather, a girls' basketball game was canceled at halftime and the upcoming boys' game was called off. The tornado hit the high school gym a half hour later. The building was empty. There were two fatalities in Beebe. A woman died in her home, and in another home, an infant boy was killed. The tornado left the Beebe area and moved toward McRae. The old fire station lost a wall, and the new fire station was destroyed. Several mobile homes were overturned near that new fire station, and the post office sustained heavy damage. On January 22nd, 43 tornadoes occurred across parts of the south. 
Two of the strongest were rated F3 and crossed through parts of Tennessee. One of the tornadoes struck at 4.15 a.m. Central Time. It moved 4.3 miles through the heart of Clarksville, Tennessee. Photo editor Fred Dye of the Leaf Chronicle stated, quote, it looked like somebody walked through with a broom and knocked over whatever was loose enough to knock down. A five-block area of downtown was destroyed. 22 buildings were severely damaged at Austin Peay State University, and the Montgomery County Courthouse, quote, was in ruins. The Leaf Chronicle newspaper office was severely damaged, and per the storm data narrative, the newspaper set up a temporary office in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Several old churches were damaged in the town of Clarksville. There was a total of 124 buildings destroyed in Clarksville and 562 damage. There were five injuries and no fatalities. Detailed summaries on some of these historic events from January 1999 can be found on our website at tornadotalk.com. These include maps, images, and newspaper clips. Do you have tornado stories or pictures you'd like to share? We would love to hear from you. Go to the Contact Us portion in the About section of our website and send us an email. You can get hooked on more tornado history by following us on social media. All right, welcome back to WX Resources. Time now to find new places out there on the internet, cool places to go to check out weather stuff. Kim, you've got something this week. I do, and I'm actually going to plug one of my old co-workers, um, Stu Ostro. You guys are you know, yeah, familiar Stu, with him? Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's a great Twitter follower. He, he is, and actually, it's what I'm going to be sharing oh, with everybody. okay. So, um, Stu, as you know... Um, has been with the Weather Channel now for 30 years. Okay, wow. so he's been there for a long time. He was there when I got there and uh, just a fantastic meteorologist, um, brilliant, um, such a weather geek. Um, and he would, I'm trying to get him on the show and I'm hoping one day we'll be able to do that. But um, anyway, so here's his Twitter account. And Stu, he's, uh, his wife is a fabulous um, photographer. So the two of them together just, tremendous a tremendous team but he has always some absolutely gorgeous um weather pictures a lot of good cloud pictures but also a lot of good weather information he's always showing the models and um describing what he's seeing and i think it's just really good stuff on here and a lot of good satellite images just really fascinating stuff but the one thing i want to point out too you can get a lot of good weather information from Stu on this um, Twitter account. But also if you scroll down and you get to December 27th of last year, he, every year, Stu puts out a compilation of the top meteorological images of the year. And it's fantastic. And I really encourage everyone who loves to look at weather images, um, to go to this and it's his 13th annual and you just click on here. It'll take you to, um, this site, hang on here. And, um, and you just scroll down and, and it goes, it has anything on here from um, some of the major storms of the year, um, some incredible satellite radar images, as you can see here, as Hurricane Michael comes in, just the radar loop of that. But also, you know, of course, typhoons and the, and the eyes. But, you know, it was something that we followed, which was really cool this year. There were so many weird faces in the clouds. Um, wow and satellite and radar images. And Stu captured all of them and Santa. you go through it and you can see there's Santa. This looks like a, a, a pumpkin face or a scary face or almost, um, is it Oogie or Boogie frog. from uh, nightmare wow. before Christmas kind of yeah. reminds me of that guy too. Just some really cool images. So I encourage if you love looking at 
photographs of weather, um, and just some cool stuff over the last year or two. Take a look at Stu's um, Twitter page. Just fantastic. But awesome. Very cool. All right, Bobby, you've got something tonight. I'm excited about this. Yeah. So um, uh, when y'all talked before about this, I, I uh, thought of the perfect learning resource. So um, I'm uh, friends with Zach Roberts. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He's a uh, Mr. Twister. He does. Uh, um, he's pretty prevalent on storm on uh, social media and stuff like that. Um, and uh, for the longest time, he did storm photography and all that stuff. Uh, last year, he partnered with Jason Weingart, who is uh, another storm chaser, um, pretty pretty uh um, pretty commonly out in the plains and stuff um and they wrote a book uh they put together a book can i do a screen share on here i feel like i can sure yeah so let me see if i can do that if kim can do it you can do it i'm just saying okay <laughs> she gives hope to joke. everybody doesn't she <laughs> <laughs> i love it let's just throw this up here holy cow okay okay can you guys see that you got yeah. it mm -hmm. Okay, so um, ignore the price on here. I'm just I'm just using this for the pictures. It's, you actually have to go through a different channel to actually get this. Um, but basically, uh, this they wrote this book called the Anatomy of Severe Weather, mm -hmm. and um, what's really cool about it is it has all of their high resolution images and stuff like that. But from a learning perspective, uh, and I have this book. I bought it the minute it came out. They actually show the anatomy and all the different motions, the movement of the winds. The uh, um, you know they help label out what you know, what caused the storm to act the way it is. Um, and they use these plastic overlays uh, with the data. So you can see the picture without it, and then you can lay it back over oh, and see it with oh, it. Cool. It is. It is. Yeah. You can see it there. It's the, um, that's the, the overlay, the way they do it. So um, it is an incredible book. Uh, I've thumbed through it countless numbers of times. Uh, there's a lot of stories behind it and stuff like that. Um, so uh, just, uh, you know, and if you, if you follow Mr. Twister on, um, uh, on Twitter uh, and Facebook, and he also has a Patreon uh, that's helping support a new docu series he's coming out with. Um, uh, it's, it's it's good information, and it really helped. It's his. It helped me a lot, like last year especially. That's good so. stuff. That's awesome. I love that. Sorry, that is brilliant. Mm -hmm. I love that. All right, thanks, Bobby. That was excellent. Okay, MJ, the quiet one. What are you? Hey. Here I am. Uh, I, you know, I, I have one that was submitted by a listener and I'll just describe it real quick because it's pretty simple. But uh, we, we had a listener said, love the podcast, has a suggestion for a resource. And, and his resource was we weathernationtv.com. And many of you are familiar with Weather Nation. Mm -hmm. It's a, another, you know, they do broadcast and they do, you know, other other types of uh, um, of forecasts and, and sh you know, weather shows and so on. Um, and, and so I thought, well, I'll take a look at it. But what really caught me was it is just dead simple to if you want a site to go to that you just really easily here you get the forecast you get a drop down that you can add locations you can have six locations seven locations and it pulls up very quickly it has a little bit of advertising but it's not overly populated as some of the sites sometimes are where it's just so much thrown at you you can't even see what you're looking for so it was really 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 simple and i like that so i thought i'd uh, give them a plug. sounds like the old weather.com <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Before. Yeah. Thank you, MJ. Appreciate it. Okay, Phil, you're gonna round us out on this one. Sure, I'm gonna. So, so right now, everybody knows we're we're in a government shutdown, and uh, of course, what what comes from that is the fact that the National Weather Service field offices are are still working, but they're not getting paid, so they're still doing the diligent job of forecasting and warning and watching us and everything else watching us. Um, <laughs> but so gotcha. so here's the thing what this is potentially going to threaten is we're starting to get into storm season 
And the National Weather Service conducts all of these storm spotter training classes uh, around the country. And it could threaten these. We we might not, depending on how long this sucker lasts, uh, it will threaten some uh, storm spotting classes and prevent us from being able to train more people. Uh, how to keep a lookout for this stuff and, and uh, warn the National Weather Service, who in turn can warn us. So here, here's something I want to share. We've talked about this before, but it's the Comet MetEd uh, training website. It's www, which I don't even know why I said that, but uh, it's the meted.ucar, U-C-A-R.edu. And if you go to the site uh, and you type in and just search, search Skywarn, one of the first things that comes up is the Skywarn Spotter Training you can actually take spotter training uh, right here online. Uh, goes through two core topics: role of the Skywarn spotter and Skywarn spotter convective basics. And if you go through those, it'll it'll let you know. It gives you a certificate. Says you've completed these. You can share that with your local NWS uh, field office, and they can give you the details on how to contact them uh, if you see any severe weather or to report any uh, other weather observations like snowfall amounts, et cetera. Um, we need more people to do this. And, and I think a lot of the people that watch and listen to us, my guess is a lot of you already have this. Um, so it's more of a plea not for you to take the class unless you don't have it, but also to share this information with people you know. If we don't get a chance to go to uh, storm spotting classes this spring, this could be an opportunity to still make sure we spread the word, get more people trained on what to look for, how to how to spot a funnel cloud, tornado, all that good stuff. Awesome. Thank you. And to our brothers and sisters at NOAA and NWS, hang in there. Keep fighting the fight. You bet. That's right. That's right. All right. Thank you, guys. Hey, so if you want to check out all the links on this, you can go to stormfrontfreaks.com and check out uh, episode 71 show notes for all the latest links on the things that you saw for this evening. Phil? All right. Well, thanks, Maz. All right. So I, I, I kind of teased everybody that we were bringing back uh, on the show tonight. We're bringing back Weather Trollbot 5000. So Weather Trollbot 5000, we found in a garage sale. Uh, we paid a few bucks for because um, it was a robot. And we thought oh, this might be cool to use this robot to input uh, weather trolls, people that are trolling our weather friends in the industry with stupid stuff. And, and our weather friends are coming back with a nice professional response, right? They, but, but the weather troll bot we've, we've programmed to really find out what that weather friend was thinking when they wrote their response. Now, I need to warn everybody oh, great. and warn the kiddos, <laughs> right? Bring, put the earmuffs on the kiddos tonight because weather troll bot, we, we don't have a governor on her and, and she'll, she'll spew out whatever uh, the person actually was thinking even though they gave a very nice response. So let, let's, let's test this out. So we're, we got three of them we're going to put in tonight and, and kind of see what happens. The first one, of course, is, is a friend of ours has been on the show before, Ginger Z, and she's always very eloquent in her responses to some of these trolls. But We, uh, we this, love Ginger. She's we awesome. Love Ginger. Yeah, she's great. I, I totally agree. So this, this came, this was on Twitter, and this was from uh, Teresa Carnes. Teresa said, Ginger Z... You do realize that not everyone lives in the Northeast, right? You are the reason I hate watching the weather on GMA. Wow. And, and so Ginger, as sweet as she is, she came back. She said, hey, I'm so sorry to hear that. I totally understand as my family is in Michigan and California, Texas, Arkansas, and Florida. I talk about weather wherever the headline is. 
Yesterday, it was all about San Francisco and the Sierra. Did you miss that one? <laughs> so that was her response, right? Very, uh, very nice, very eloquent. But let's. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and plug this into our uh, weather troll bot here. Uh, type in the response. Type in everything else, and and then we're gonna we're gonna have to do a little computing. And then we we got to find out here what uh, what she might have actually uh, been thinking when when she I guess when she typed this all up. I'm not exactly sure, uh, but let's find out. So kick it out here and let's see here's what ginger z was really thinking hi Teresa. sorry i'm not giving the forecast for the 1200 people living in your hometown of fairfield beach ohio if you have not checked your geography lately the northeast has a few more people living there take your own advice and stop watching the gma weather so i don't have to hear you bitching about it <laughs> okay so, so ginger was very sweet but what she was really thinking was <laughs> you got twelve hundred people living in your town, uh, mm -hmm. so that's probably why she's she's not talking about that. But still, she you know Ginger's nice. She still wasn't thinking that bad, right? I mean that was that was pretty good. Right. All right. So uh, the next one we've got here. This is from uh, not, I don't even know what this is. Nine nine all all nine all all on Twitter, um, and this was uh, to Sherry Spear, who's from Boston Twenty Five. Uh, she's a morning meteorologist for Boston Twenty Five. Uh, but nine all all said, "Hey, another year." And another year of getting people paranoid. Whether people love this. Talk and talk about a storm, then we miss it, or they get it wrong. Best job in the world, uh, Maz, you'll like this. Don't have to be right or close and never get fired. <laughs> Not easy, but wait a little before predictions. Jeesh. I got, I got one thing to say. That's right. Yeah, what were you thinking? Right? <laughs> so, here, so here was Sherry's response. Sherry, very pleasant, said, hey, my tweet said that it's too soon for details. So I'm scaring people by simply telling them it could snow Sunday. That's my job, preparing people for the weather. If you prefer to be ignorant, then don't look at the forecast. Okay. So that, that was her Twitter response. So I'm going to go ahead and type this in. And I want to see what uh, Weather Trollbot 5000 really thinks maybe. I don't know if, if this is entirely it, but maybe if this is what Sherry was thinking when she put this all in, let's find out. Here's what Sherry Spear was really thinking. Gotta love how ignorant like you only read what they want to hear. Part of my Whoa. job requires trying to predict the future so people can prepare. Most appreciate being able to prepare for the worst and happy when the worst does not strike. Of course, some ass clowns should not look at the forecast. And yes, I am pointing my finger at you. My middle finger. Whoa! Oh, well, shots fired. Wow! That shots yes. fired across the bow. Definitely on that one. Interesting, Sherry. And I, I don't think we've had Sherry uh, uh, her responses. So now we know she's she's thinking some deep stuff. All right, the last one uh, we've got is from Jill Riel. Uh, Jill is a meteorologist in New York, and and she got an email. This was an actually an email that she shared, uh, and she crossed out the last word, but it's from Jack. So it's from Jack. He said. Your clothing choices suck. You look like a schlump. Can't you upgrade your stuff to set an example? Uh, yep, very straightforward. And Jill, Jill came back and said, I think Jack should buy me a new wardrobe. I'll gladly accept. Okay, so that, that's, that's what Jill responded. So again, she was real nice, but I got to enter this because we know whether Trollbot's going to find something good. That Jill what's, really what thinking. city? What city was it? She's in New York. All right. 
Uh, she's yep. She's in New York. So let's uh, let's find out maybe what um, weather trollbot. She she thinks of lots of strange things, but we're gonna find out what uh, what she's really thinking. Here's what Jill Reali was really thinking. You, Jack. Okay, so short, <laughs> simple, oh, and sweet. Wow. Right? Hey. Wow. Okay, Jill. Jill. Jill's got a short it's, fuse. Is maybe uh, what I'm thinking. She's all right. she's yeah interested in that. So. All right, so hey, let's do this. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna say goodbye to weather. We're gonna put weather trollbot five thousand. Yeah. We might demote weather trollbot to the weather trollbot four thousand. I'm thinking after the that. views of the weather trollbot are not necessary. Do not necessary. The views of yeah. everybody. Yeah, <laughs> thank right. you. And you got to remember, we bought her at a garage sale, so we're only gonna get that much out of it. But hey, MJ, I'm turning it over to you. See if we got any listener uh, viewer questions comments. Hey, we got a couple. Some of them are from the last time because I was a little bit under the weather, so to speak, uh, at the on our last show. But uh, Ray Leichner checked in, said, "This is funny. If you haven't caught at Stormfront Freak podcast, you are missing out. The lightning round lately has been hilarious, and we all know what they're referring to." Oh my goodness! Yes, we do, man. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, uh, Hank uh, at Flatlander. Hank says. Uh, at Stormfront Freak, by the way, freaks don't panic on the pronunciation of short-lived or short-lived. According to current dictionary entries, it can now be pronounced either way. Thank so, you. Thank you, you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I could go back like 30 years. There you have yeah, it. Tornado is short-lived. <laughs> short-lived tornado. Uh, from Germany, one of our faithful YouTube viewers and listeners, um, Christine, or Luna Light, as she's sometimes known as, uh, has a video for our weather fools section and i'm not going to say anything more about it because i'm going to use that next time we have a, a weather fools segment awesome so, but she did uh, send us a, a selection for that and i think it'll be one that works pretty well um and then matt McCune says um at stormfront freak here's a weather story for you um kind of on our believe it or not piece codell kansas was hit by a tornado three years in a row on the same day wow so we might oh, want to check that right. one out for our uh, interesting. Yeah. So there you go. Lottery numbers. Thanks everybody for checking in and always check in with us on Facebook, Twitter, or um, uh, uh, email to us. You can do that from our, from our uh, website, stormfrontfreaks.com. Or yeah, email questions or, at yep. stormfrontfreaks.com if, if you want to send us an email, but I encourage you guys, if you come across uh, great weather fools, good WX resources, or some great uh, fodder for our weather trollbot 4000 now. Uh, let us know. Yeah, send that in, and, and we'll obviously uh, try and include that. But I think that just about does it uh, for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Thanks for listening or watching. Uh, before I reveal our next guest, if you enjoyed the show, do us a favor. Leave us a great review on your podcast app. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe to the show by hitting your podcast app subscribe button uh, or even on YouTube. But it works just like a magazine or newspaper subscription. It's free. It just means that when you subscribe, you'll get the latest episode delivered right to your uh, uh, phone, your inbox, whatever, uh, the moment it gets released. And, and again, I said it's all free. So I do want to say a special thanks to our guest tonight, uh, Mark Remillard. Mark, appreciate you coming on. And Bobby Nichols, appreciate both you guys coming on. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, honestly, I'm very excited, uh, very excited about this. We'll be watching you guys and, and uh, looking forward to see what you guys come out with. So thank, thanks for taking the time to join us tonight. Thanks for, thanks having, for us. having us. And our next yeah. episode in two weeks, we're going to be recording on February 7th as part of our theme this year 
of going coast to coast with your favorite TV meteorologists. Uh, we're going to be with Matt Zafino, Chief Meteorologist with KGW-TV in Portland. Uh, so we're getting a chance to find out a little bit about what's going on out on our uh, northwest coast. Uh, if you'd like to watch the recording live, you can do so 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Just check out our YouTube channel by searching Stormfront Freaks. And as I said earlier, be sure to subscribe. But for MJ, for Maz, Kim already took off. Uh, and Mark and Bobby, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear. We'll catch you all next time. So good night, everybody. Bye. Hey, guys. Good job. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Watch our shows on YouTube and Oklahoma Weather Tracker TV. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out our live interactive Storm Chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search for Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.